For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. To marketing at light speed with your host, Ethan Raziel. Many companies don't even know where to start when it comes to marketing and PR. That's why we're here right now. Get ready to learn the secrets that experts have known for years. We'll cover everything from social media to your website. Can you hear the sales growing? Now, here's Ethan Raziel. And good evening. I'm Ethan Raziel, and welcome to. Marketing at Lightspeed, we're live all over the world right here on Voice America. And it's my pleasure and it's my honor to have you with me this evening. I want to start by thanking Carpenter Group. Carpenter Group make this show possible by providing me a nice quiet space in which to do the show. Brooklyn, where I live, is not a good place to record anything. But I do recommend... Carpenter as a design and branding company. They do amazing award-winning work, and you should check out carpenternyc.com for more information. Now, if you don't know who I am, and you might not because I'm getting new listeners each week, I had a, a PR agency called Lightspeed Public Relations. And before that, I was a reporter with Gannett. Then I spent a number of years at Edelman Public Relations, and then I spent a number of years in-house as the communications director at Samsung Electronics. And why am I telling you this? Because there is a pattern. All of these are large organizations. And as a marketer, I love marketing, but I didn't love the bureaucracy of those companies. I find it frustrating. I think my guest uh, we'll get to in a minute will know what I'm talking about. But I founded Lightspeed along with my partner, Amanda, just about three years ago in order to get away from all of that bureaucracy and red tape and other colors of tape, all kinds of tape, didn't want to have. I just want to do what I love, and that is storytelling. That's what public relations is, and that's what marketing is. And I've learned a lot since I started the company, servicing the various clients that we've been fortunate enough to have, and I started this show to share some of those insights with you, not just about public relations, but across the whole spectrum of marketing. And each week, I've had one or two guests, and I've really had some terrific guests, to share with you their insights and their wisdom. And you can check out all those other episodes on iTunes or, of course, right on voiceamerica.com. So my guest this evening is Mr. Ross Rubin. Ross is the Senior Director of Industry Analysis at App Annie. And if you aren't aware of App Annie, you should be. They're one of the top companies that rates downloads and, and usage of apps. I just saw an article about Pokemon Go, which is a phenomenon. And App Annie was quoted saying that it was going to generate billions of dollars for Nintendo. It's out of control. 
and uh, Ross is uh, is a guy that I've known for a number of years. He's one of um, a growing set of, of people who were former clients of mine who now uh, are guests on the show, and we'll get into that. I'll tell you more about Ross uh, when we come back uh, and we talk to Ross after the break. Uh, but before we do that, I'm going to give you some tips. I want to start by giving you how to reach me, the phone number if you want to call, 866-472-5790. You can email me at ethan at lightspeedpr.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Ethan Raziel, R-A-S-I-E-L, and check out my website at lightspeedpr.com. So before I get into the interview, I want to give you my own insights into measurement. Every week I give my own tips. If you missed the other ones, you can listen to the other episodes. I got some good ones. This is kind of a special week because I'll be honest with you. PR people are the worst at measurement. I mean, we're bad. It's not a strength. I'll just put it out there. Historically, we're bad at it. We all are. And I think part of the reason for that is, is that PR is just a hard thing to measure. We're doing a lot of work. It's more of an art than a science. But there are ways to do it, and I'm going to share with you some insights I have. First, measurement isn't optional. It is not optional. And for many years, when I was at Edelman, we would kind of go into a sales process with a client, and we'd have the core program, and then we'd have the other nine things that we would try to upsell. You could add the optional things, and measurement was always one of those. And I think that's a big mistake. I think that's an epic fail. I think you have to include measurement in the core of any program you do. And whatever type of marketing you're doing, whether it's advertising, whether it's social media, whether you're putting up billboards, you need to measure what you're doing and how successful you are. Yeah, it sounds obvious, but a lot of people don't do that. They just hope for the best. So the first question was, do I measure? Yes. Then it's, when do I measure? And again, Ross, um, when we have you on, I want to hear your thoughts on this. But one thing I've learned is you got to measure first before you start whatever you're going to do. Your campaign, advertising campaign, your PR campaign, whatever. You have got to measure what's going on before you start. Got to set a baseline. But that leads me right into the most important thing. What do I measure? And this is where I think PR generally falls apart. You'd be amazed at how primitive the measurement techniques can be. There are clients where the measurement is how many clips did you deliver? Well, I got 12 clips this month. Last month, I got 10. We're 20% better. That's 20% month-over-month growth. Well, the number of clips is not a relevant statistic. Uh, other people, they say, I want to increase my web traffic. Let's measure that. Unless you're selling advertising and then you need page views, if you're selling something else, measure that. If you're selling a product, measure sales of that product. If you're 
selling a service, measure sales of that service. You can also measure your stock price. You can also measure how many resumes you get if you want to do recruitment. Figure out what you want to accomplish first, whether it's sales, whether it's my stock price, whether it's recruitment, whether it's something else, measure that. And then your marketing campaign is a way to impact what you really want to get to. But these intermediate steps, like number of impressions, number of hits, they don't really mean anything. They're just means to an end. So jump right over that and measure what's important. And one more thing I'll say about measurement, and this is my experience, and with the caveat that it's not what we do best. Can't say that enough. But I have learned a few things. And the last thing I've learned is that you must measure in real time. Again, and I've been doing PR for 15 years, and what usually was done was a monthly report. Here's the report of all the things we did this month and all the impact we've had this month. By the time you get that report, it's too late to do anything about it. Do real-time reporting. What we do now at Lightspeed, and I'm not saying this is the best way to do it, but I'm just saying this is what we do. We have a Google spreadsheet, and we put our metrics right in there as they happen. As we get new placements, we, have, we add those numbers in there. And we get from the client their numbers, and we can update those in real time too. But don't do, just, don't, don't do something once a month or even worse, quarterly. You've got to be doing something much more in real time. If not real time, at least every day. Update your numbers. It's really important. Those are my, my uh, admittedly primitive insights on measurement. We're going to take a short break when we come back. We're going to talk to my good friend Ross Rubin, and we're going to hear his story and what he thinks. So... Stay with us. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Have you found that PR firms are overexpensive and underdeliver? Have you hired a smart team of senior pros and ended up with a young team of recent grads? Well, you're not alone. We've had the same experience. That's why we created Lightspeed PR. Lightspeed isn't like other agencies. We're here to deliver results and do it quickly. It's right there in the name. By the way, we can't bait and switch because junior team members don't exist at Lightspeed. Visit lightspeedpr.com and learn more. We are ready to help. That's lightspeedpr.com. Tune in to Insights and Strategies with Barbara Lang for a look into the issues that matter to you, such as economic growth and stability, quality education, strong neighborhoods, and accountable leadership. We'll also highlight leadership today, how it can be strengthened, and how it impacts your community. Insights and Strategies is heard live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. If you're interested in gaining strategies to be more successful both at work and your personal life, check out Turn the Page with host Hemda Mizrahi. It's all about building new habits and perspectives. The show helps you identify the changes you need to make that align with your values and priorities. 
and then apply these principles to your career, health, social life, and other areas. These are proven techniques that work. Turn the Page airs live Fridays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. are tuned into marketing at light speed with ethan raziel we'd love to hear from you today call into the program at 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 you may also send an email to ethan at lightspeedpr.com now back to the show okay and we're back pleased to have you with us here on marketing at lightspeed and I want to welcome my guest, Ross Rubin. Ross, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you very much, Ethan. Uh, it's wonderful to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And, and I'll just give our listeners a little more information on you, and, and then I want you to tell them more about it. But, but Ross, you, you've, you've had quite a, you, 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 well, quite a resume, really. Uh, you, you've, you've been with NPD, which, of course, I think needs no further introduction. You've been with Jupiter Research. You've... Uh, written for many publications, and, and those of you listening, if you've read publications like Fast Company or Engadget or CNET, you've probably read stuff that Ross has written. And Ross, you've been quoted by everybody else under the sun, and uh, you've got you've got a lot going on. You're you're uh, you're out there. Plus, of course, App Annie, which is which is a huge success. So maybe for the first question, you can. Tell me and tell our listeners, how did you get to where you are today? Uh, sure, Ethan. You know, one of, one of the things that um, is really wonderful about the research business uh, is, is the wide range of skills that, uh, that come together uh, in, in creating research, in, in delivering research, uh, people with communication skills, with statistics skills, uh, advanced math skills, domain experts, sales salespeople, customer account managers. I mean, uh, it, it really takes a village uh, in in many cases. And uh, I came into the research business from uh, something of a of a of a dual background, a, a, a double life, uh, if you will. Um, I was uh, doing a lot of IT work uh, at, at companies such as uh, Solomon Brothers. Uh, and uh, and McKinsey and Company, uh, and I was uh, doing a fair amount of writing for, you know, uh, print publications, uh, <laughs> uh, which uh, which may date them a, a little bit, but there, there were a lot more of them uh, back then, uh, and, um, and and so those two passions really came together uh, when there was an opportunity at at a company uh, that at the time was called Jupiter Communications, and. Uh, at the time, it was a a publishing and events company, uh, but um, it saw an opportunity because it was really on the cusp of this consumer internet revolution, and uh, it switched the business model, uh, and it, it got some some investment from from another well-known research company, Gartner Inc., uh, and uh, and it became a, a research company and. Uh, I was one of the, the first folks to come in with really more of a, a technology background as opposed to a, a content or an advertising background. 
and uh, was one of the original research directors, uh, built up the practice, hired analysts, uh, and, uh, and launched new services. Uh, so, so that's that's how I got started uh, in in the research space. You know, kind of learning as as Jupiter grew. And Ross, I, I remember Jupiter uh, quite fondly, and that's of course how you and I came to know each other because Jupiter was a client at that time. We're talking '90s year of mm-hmm. Edelman, where I worked, and I remember at that time the thing that that I remember Jupiter really becoming really well known for was issuing holiday shopping numbers each year and um, everybody publishing those numbers. Is my recollection correct? And, and if, if it is, was that an intentional strategy or did that just work out that way? It was, it, it was, it was a time period uh, when there's a, a lot of focus, there's a lot of focus on retail uh, and there was this huge shift you know, happening. I mean, you know, nowadays we take Cyber Monday for for granted, and and we know that a lot of the Black Friday activity uh, occurs online. Uh, but uh, but these were all emerging phenomena. You know, back then. I mean, would people buy online? You know, what what would they buy online? These were the the kinds of questions that that our reports looked at, and and the kinds of phenomena that you know we as analysts uh, would would forecast and uh, i think a lot of the attention that jupiter received uh was was due to its its focus you know its its exclusive focus on consumer online activity and this this migration this, this growth you know from america online to to the open web uh we were really there at at, at the birth of the web so it was uh, it was a very exciting time I remember at the time people being very nervous about typing their credit card number into a website and people saying, I'm not going to type my credit card number into a computer. Are you nuts? And of course, you go out to eat and you get, and you, when you pay your bill, you give your credit card to some dude who then disappears for about 10 minutes and comes back and, and then swipes something and you don't know what happened while he was gone. And, and I always thought that was funny, but uh, you're right. I mean, we really needed somebody to tell us what are people doing? And, uh, um, and, and that was an important uh, role that, that you filled. Okay, so that was Jupiter, and then from there you went to NPD, right? Yeah, so the connection between Jupiter and, and NPD uh, was that, um, you know, at some point, uh, Jupiter was, was more about your online strategy, and uh, the, the kind of research it pursued was, you know, the model uh, was was a, something of a hybrid between consulting and publishing. So, so that model of research is you want to provide, you know, much of the value of consulting with much of the scale of publishing. And uh, uh, a, a lot of companies that are, that are analyst firms, uh, you know, that that's really the the basis of the model. Um, and then Jupiter uh, merged with with a company called Media Metrics. And Media Metrics uh, at the time was was a real pioneer in measuring online activity, uh, uh, measuring web traffic, uh, and uh, it um, you know it it, it it was measuring web traffic in, in different countries uh, around the world. And so we thought, or the thinking was at the time, uh, that um, you know th- this is a great marriage. We're, we're going to have 
the, the, the pulse, you know, the heartbeat of, of data of what's happening online, uh, which is what media metrics was, was measuring. Uh, and media metrics data would, would show up in all kinds of, um, uh, S1 filings, you know, where people, companies would talk about their, their web traffic and how it was growing. Uh, and, and Jupiter, which was the analysis piece, um, uh, and, and of course, we would look at a lot more than than web traffic. You know, we'd, we'd look at business models and and and, and other things, the core technology platforms, etc. And so uh, was born Jupiter Media Metrics, uh, and uh, the CEO of Jupiter Media Metrics was was also the CEO of uh, of the NPD Group. In fact, Media Metrics had been incubated within. Uh, NPD and, and spun out uh, of NPD. Uh, and so uh, after my time at Jupiter uh, came to a close, I, I knew that um, uh, Todd Johnson, you know, the CEO, uh, was, was head of this, uh, another research company, a very different kind of research company uh, called, uh, called the NPD Group. And we had some conversations, and uh, ultimately I, uh, I started there. And was was that a big uh, shift for you? What, did you have to kind of reboot your approach, or did you carry over a lot of the same techniques and tactics from 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 Jupiter over to NPD? It, it was it was pretty different. Um, you know, one way it was different was uh, NPD uh, was was uh, had had more of a um, a media metrics kind of approach to research in that the data was the product. Uh, and um, whereas at, at Jupiter and, and, you know, modern day analyst firms that uh, are, are like Jupiter, uh, the, the analyst uh, input was the product. I mean, you clients paid for a mix of reports and inquiry, uh, which were these sort of phone consulting sessions. Uh, but uh, but but there wasn't this underlying stream uh, of data uh, that you find at, at companies such as you know Media Metrics and and of course you know what what we have today at App Annie. Uh, I I like to think of 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 two kinds of of research. I like to think of a campfire metaphor um, in that you know effective research you 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 need the, the heat. To, to keep you alive, you know, to keep to keep you warm, to uh, you know, to, to help you get through the you know the, the cold, um, you know, and, and and the dark of night. Uh, but but you also need the light, right? To 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 inspire you, you know, to help help you see the way. Uh, and so um, the uh, you know the the data, you know, very often serves as, as that pulse, that that heartbeat. Uh, whereas the uh, you know the strategic part, the insights, uh, very often you know build upon that or or integrate that to to illustrate uh, the points uh, that um, you know that can help clients, the, the insights that can help clients. So uh, NPD uh, produced uh, well, well, what they were best known for was uh, you know they, they produced. Uh, you know, a number of different kinds of, 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 infor- of data and information. Uh, but what they were best known for uh, is uh, sales data, uh, point-of-sale data, 
about what is actually selling at retail. And so just as uh, I was fortunate enough to be at Jupiter uh, during the rise of the web and, you know, the, the, the birth of, of, you know, the blossoming of, of Amazon and Yahoo and eBay and, you know, all of these pioneering models that, that changed uh, how we live our lives. Uh, at, uh, at NPD, you know, I was, uh, I was there during a, a pretty exciting time of, of digital transformation, uh, the, the rise of, of the iPod uh, and, and the, the growth of, of digital TV and, and high-definition television, uh, and, uh, and you know, ultimately uh, the, the, the launch of the iPhone uh, and Android phones uh, and uh, was part of a practice that, that tracked sales uh, of, of those products um, using, using different methodologies. Well, we certainly live in amazing times, and when you think about all the transitions that we're witnessing, sometimes I wonder if we can keep this up, and, and actually then I realize that not only can we keep it up, but that it's only going to accelerate from here, and I want to talk to you. One of the reasons I love talking to you, Ross, is because not only are you a research specialist, but you're a technology guy, and I want to talk to you a little bit later in the show about uh, some of the most disruptive technologies that you've seen. But let's take a break right now, and when we come back, we're going to continue talking about your story, and we're going to share some tips that our listeners can use. So stay right there. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Have you found that PR firms are over-expensive and under-delivered? Have you hired a smart team of senior pros and ended up with a young team of recent grads? Well, you're not alone. We've had the same experience. That's why we created Lightspeed PR. Lightspeed isn't like other agencies. We're here to deliver results and do it quickly. It's right there in the name, by the way. We can't bait and switch because junior team members don't exist at Lightspeed. Visit LightspeedPR.com and learn more. We are ready to help. That's LightspeedPR.com. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Do you feel overwhelmed by money? Not how much you have, but how to talk about it? We face financial decisions every single day that can change the game for us. Listen for Making Money Fun with Shanna Tinjum. You'll learn more about what you can do with your money and ultimately what it can do for you. Don't cower under a rock about investing in personal finance. Talk about it with your family, your friends, and more. Listen every Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You 
are tuned into Marketing at Lightspeed with Ethan Raziel. We'd love to hear from you today. Call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Ethan at LightspeedPR.com. Now back to the show. Hey, welcome back to Marketing at Lightspeed. And I'm greatly enjoying my chat with Ross Rubin. And Ross, you, you, you told our listeners about Jupiter and you spoke about NPD. And before we get to the next thing, which is Backerjack, one of the things that I've always found impressive is that you've always, during while you were doing these other things, you've been writing. You had a column on Engadget every week for, for many years. And you've written for all kinds of other publications too. How do you, and as marketers, we always try to create content just like I'm doing right here with this show. How did you manage to find time to, to do all that? I, I think it's something that, um, uh, you know, something that I've, I've simply always done, you know, <laughs> um, from, from a very early age. I, I, I wrote a lot, uh, and, uh, and I wrote a weekly column uh, for my college newspaper, uh, the, uh, the wonderful, uh, award-winning Cornell Daily Sun. Uh, and, um, uh, and, and so I, I, even, even, you know, in college I would read, uh, uh, John Dvorak's, uh, monthly columns in, in the back of, of, of magazines. And, uh, I thought, you know, this was great. You know, here was, um, uh, you know this guy, and he, he had opinions, and he expressed them in a compelling way. Uh, and uh, you know, sometimes they were, uh, you know, highly controversial. And this was really in a period before, to say the least. Bait, you know, you, you're, as, it's as funny. As we, you know, link bait as, as we think about it today. Uh, and and you know, that's never really been my approach. But uh, you know, but but. You know, not not just him. Uh, of course, uh, you know there were there are many other great uh, uh, early uh, computer uh, magazine columnists, and and so it was always sort of in my nature to to write in this you know expository uh, way to to write opinions um, in, in you know in features and and not so much straight news, uh, and and um, and that is likely what led me to research in the first place because. Uh, I think that a strong research report uh, has a hypothesis and uses data to uh, to support that hypothesis, and and uh, it's great if it can bring in multiple kinds of data, uh, multiple perspectives to support that, uh, and it's a great way to to bring value to to clients to to change thinking, to challenge assumptions, um, you know. Great research analysts are, are also great storytellers uh, as well, uh, and uh, I really had an opportunity to solidify and, and codify some of this approach when I was at Jupiter because I led the research associate training program. Um, so I, you know, had to think uh, what makes a great analyst, uh, and uh, uh, it was a great program. You know, many people there went on to. Um, to do great things at Jupiter and, and, you know, even greater things beyond Jupiter, uh, such as, uh, Dennis Crowley, you know, one of the co-founders of, uh, of Foursquare, uh, and, uh, and, you know, many, many colleagues that I know today, uh, were, were in that program. 
Um, so, uh, you know, and, and also, I, I think that uh, the, the employers I've, I've worked for have um, recognized the value or, or have recognized value in terms of my contributing uh, to, to these publications because, of course, you know, I would always disclose uh, uh, where I worked. And, you know, sometimes I would write uh, on behalf of them, you know, in their voice. Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, I, w- I would write with my own opinions. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I owe a lot to, to the companies I worked for for uh, allowing me to, to have that freedom and flexibility uh, because, you know, not, not, all, not all employers do. So do you have any tips that maybe you can share on, I'm thinking specifically about the way that you organize, because you're, you're, you've got a lot of balls in the air, and do you, do you, have, a, do you have a tool or, or a system to make sure that you're hitting deadlines and things like that? Um, I, I don't think there's anything particular, that, you know, that I do. I, um, you know, c- clearly the, you know, my, my most important obligation from, uh, you know, from a work, uh, perspective is, um, you know, my, my, my full-time job. Uh, and so, you know, that's, that's what uh, I, I was going to garner the you know lion's share of my focus uh, during the day, uh, and uh, you know to the extent that I have free time and evenings and weekends and such, you know I, I can pursue some of these other opportunities. Yeah, and you've done a masterful job at that. Uh, so uh, I want to talk about App Annie, but before we get to that, let's talk for a few minutes about Backerjack, which is uh, all about. The crowdfunding. Uh, can you tell the listeners about what that's uh, what that's all about? Uh, sure. Um, so uh, between NPD and uh, and starting at App Annie, uh, I um, I had my own research company for a while. Uh, did a number of um, you know very interesting uh, one-off consulting types of um, of engagements. Uh, got out of my comfort zone <laughs> a, a little bit. Um, and, you know, that was, that was one of the nice things about working with a, a diverse set of clients. Um, and as things were winding down for me at NPD, uh, I became very interested in, in crowdfunding and, and the intersection between crowdfunding and product development. Uh, because today you say crowdfunding and a lot of people think equity crowdfunding. Uh, you know, a lot of people think charities. Uh, and, and you can use it for all kinds of things. But, but I was really interested in this, uh, this as, as a, a method, a step, uh, an, an incubation uh, of way of, of, of getting products from ideas you know, or prototypes that people had uh, into the hands of consumers and, and onto retailers. Uh, and so, um, you know, I started working with some writers and uh, because it was, you know, way too much for me to do all by myself. Uh, and in early 2014, we launched uh, BackerJack.com, uh, which is a site that uh, the first and, to my knowledge, the only uh, uh, editorial site uh, focused exclusively on crowdfunded gadgets and crowdfunded devices, and 
You know, I I knew from uh, writing early uh, in, in Gadget's evolution, there, there, was, there was a lot of skepticism. You know, you're going to write a, a blog, you know, just just about gadgets. You know, who, who's going to read that? Uh, and of course, you know, wound up that a lot of people read it, uh, and, and it grew tremendously. Um, and, uh, and and so, you know, this this is arguably even a you know, a smaller slice, uh, a, a tighter focus than that. Uh, um, it, uh, uh, it, it's really, you know, the, the, the leading edge, the bleeding edge of, of where technology is going. And so we, we focus on, on these kinds of products that are innovative uh, because uh, it's, it's, it's a great way to show what consumers are willing to support with their dollars, you know, not, not just a few people in, in, a, in a focus group in, in a room, you know, that, that can be valuable qualitative uh, input, qualitative research. Uh, but this, you know, even though there's uh, work to be done figuring out, you know, how predictive it, it may or may not be, uh, provides a, a lot of insights. Um, for example, uh, a couple of years before the Amazon Echo came to market, uh, there was a little wall computer uh, that you, you plugged into a plug called Ubi, uh, and much Siri could, you could ask it questions, you could, um, you know, what's the weather going to be like tomorrow, you know, uh, turn my lights on and off if, if you had that capability, uh, and it would, uh, it would do these things. And, you know, wow, I don't remember that at all. I missed that, that completely. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, Amazon supposedly was working on uh, Echo and Alexa for, for you know, f- maybe about five five years before it launched. So, uh, you know, no way am I saying that they, you know, imitated this thing. And uh, it's, it's a very different value proposition. But, but hey, you know, if you were if you did catch it, you know, you got a a glimpse of the future. And and it's it's interesting to me how it spirals from this seed. You know, of, of an idea and a small team creating this uh, enthusiast product uh, to uh, Amazon, uh, you know, getting behind it, and now an even bigger company, Google, uh, enter face Google Home. You know, it's interesting that you're, you're focusing on crowdfunding. I have a lot of clients that are very interested in crowdfunding, and now we see this kind of wave of companies that are crowdfunding products when they really don't need the money. They're just doing it because they want the exposure that these crowdfunding platforms have. And it seems to be working. Do you think that there might be a crowdfunding bubble? And do you think there might be a backlash to bring it kind of back to its roots of really bringing more, uh, more of that uh, crowdsource stuff? I, I think there are a lot of interesting things at play. You know, I think of crowdfunding uh, in terms of three C's. There's currency, you know, actually collecting the money. Uh, there's uh, coverage in terms of the media attention. Uh, and perhaps the most important one is, is community. Uh, so even, you know, to your point, I mean, there are many ways uh, to attract publicity and there are quite a few ways to raise money. In fact, uh, many of the unsuccessful uh, campaigns that you see on Kickstarter and Indiegogo uh, go on to actually come to market because they 
attract attention and, and an investor somewhere uh, that uh, that likes the idea and, and gets them over the hump. You, you, you see this a lot also on uh, Shark Tank, you know, where uh, someone will come in and, and, you know, the five investors will say no, but, uh, but they'll attract uh, an, an offer somewhere else. Uh, but, uh, you know, in, in speaking to many uh, companies that have launched these campaigns, uh, the thing that they keep coming back to is community, the feedback that they get on the pro- in, uh, about the product while it's in development uh, is, is very, very valuable. And uh, I think the real savvy companies are figuring out ways to keep this going uh, long after uh, the, the, the campaign is, is over. I also think that you know, crowdfunding uh, has left an indelible mark on the way uh, new products are, are presented online today. Even if there's no uh, crowdfunding campaign connected with, with a, a product, the, the pre-order phase has, has become much more of an event uh, than, than it had been in the past. And even the, the presentation via video uh, has become something that is, is practically a, a requirement uh, these days to convey the, uh, the, you know, the features and the background of the product and you know, very often why the developers or the company behind it made it. Uh, and so, you know, even, even if there's no pre-orders, <laughs> uh, there's, there's almost certainly these days uh, for significant products going, going to be a, a video. And it makes sense because it's, you know, now that we have the, the bandwidth, uh, it's, it's a, you know, high bandwidth uh, in terms of communication bandwidth way to communicate information, you know, very often in, a, in an entertaining way. Well, we certainly are in a very very video-driven culture, so in a way this was inevitable. But we actually have to take one more break, and when we come back, I want to talk all about App Annie, and you should uh, stay with us for that. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Have you found that PR firms are over expensive and under deliver? Have you hired a smart team of senior pros and ended up with a young team of raising grads? Well, you're not alone. We've had the same experience. That's why we created Lightspeed PR. Lightspeed isn't like other agencies. We're here to deliver results and do it quickly. It's right there in the name. By the way, we can't bait and switch because junior team members don't exist at Lightspeed. Visit LightspeedPR.com and learn more. We are ready to help. That's LightspeedPR.com. Real estate has always been a great investment, but some people don't always know where they can start. Why not think like a real estate investor? Tune into Keeping It Real with Lori Wetzel. It's not just about buying and selling houses. It's about creating lifestyles, financial freedom, and empowerment. We'll talk about the latest real estate news, financial literacy, and our featured guests include authors, entrepreneurs, and celebrities. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Central, and 10 a.m. Pacific 
on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Marketing at Lightspeed with Ethan Raziel. We'd love to hear from you today. Call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Ethan at LightspeedPR.com. Now back to the show. Okay, we're back and we're talking to Ross Rubin from App Annie. And Ross, we're going to talk about App Annie in a second. You write for Fast Company and you write for Inc. You just wrote a great story about my client RCA uh, in, in Fast Company. If I'm a PR person listening to this and I want to pitch you, uh, what are the best topics to uh, heat up on? When I uh, approach an article, when, uh, when, when I write for, for publications, I'm always writing from, almost always, uh, writing from the perspective of an analyst first, you know, so, so I'm very often interested in what, what is the impact of whatever's being developed, you know, what, what does it signify, um, uh, how does it compare against other approaches that are, um, you know, that, that, that are being implemented today or, or that may be around the corner. Uh, today, in fact, you know, I had a, a, a great conversation uh, with a company that um, that's producing something that you, you might consider very commonplace today, something that is very commonplace, a, a Bluetooth speaker. You know, what, what can you possibly do in Bluetooth speakers at this point uh, that, that has been done? I mean, they, they come in every conceivable shape and size and, and, and volume. Uh, but, uh, but in the course of the conversation, you know, we, we talked about, uh, some of the, the differences and, and some, some of the almost ethnographic differences, uh, in, in listening to music through, through headphones or, or through a speaker. Um, you know, we, we talked about the impact of, of wearables. And, and so, uh, it's great to, to have these conversations, um, and, and have an exchange of ideas. Um, beyond you know what whatever a particular uh, announcement uh, may be, uh, and and so you know my the, the reason I was interested in in writing about uh, you know these these brands uh, that uh, you know giant technology brands that I knew from my childhood uh, that have uh, evolved and, and morphed and uh, are, are on such a wide range of products today. Is uh, I, I was, you know, interested in in the dynamics of how do you uh, expand beyond your core 
category that you're known for, right? RCA, historically, televisions is the lead category. Polaroid, of course, you know, cameras and imaging, a uh, uh, great legacy there. Uh, both both brands with a rich innovation legacy, uh, and uh, and how do you how do you expand to to a whole range of products through licensing, and also at the same time try to convey that uh, evolution to to a new generation uh, of consumers that may not remember um, the the original company. So uh, that's really what what I tried to explore and. Uh, you know, frankly, it, it was uh, an easy conversation to have uh, with um, with Harry McCracken, my my uh, editor at uh, at Fast Company, uh, who who is a um, you know a big uh, big Polaroid aficionado, uh, and and um, you know is is often writing about his his old uh, instant cameras and the SX you know SX seventy and uh, all, all these uh, you know great innovative products from. From an earlier time. Yep, uh, and, uh, and Harry's a good guy, so uh, it's uh, I'm sure it's good to work with him. So, okay, it is. It is. I want to talk about App Annie. Could you uh, first give our listeners an overview of what App Annie does? Sure. Uh, App Annie is an analytics and market research company uh, that is focused on helping clients build a better app business. And uh, it does this by uh, providing the industry's best metrics on uh, downloads, revenues, uh, usage, uh, and um, uh, the group that uh, I am a part of there uh, just launched our first forecast uh, looking at, at the future of, of the app economy and how it's going to grow and where it's going to grow uh, over over the next five years, uh, and um, you know I've been involved with with many forecasts uh, over the years, and uh, you know the the approach that that App Annie took, uh, you know leveraging it, its its own advantages uh, in the marketplace and leveraging the access to to information uh, that that we have now uh, was just. You know, very very sophisticated, uh, and um, I think it has really led to creating a product uh, that uh, is going to to deliver uh, great great accuracy and, and great value uh, to um, uh, to its customers. And it's you, you certainly have had uh, a lot of success. Um, it says here that App Annie completed a. $63 million Series E funding round earlier this year. So clearly there are a lot of people that believe in, in what you're doing. And I also read that you've, your company has uh, been on a bit of an acquisition spree. I think you acquired, what, uh, three companies over the past uh, little while. So you're really, uh, it's all about growth, right? Uh, yeah, it's been a really exciting time. And, uh, you know, earlier uh, I talked about being at Jupiter, you know, at, at, at the dawn of, of Amazon and, you know, the, the consumer web, um, right now we are witnessing, you know, a, a, a great time in, in the evolution of, of the app economy. You know, so many services, uh, so many games that we play uh, are, are migrating to, to mobile apps. And, um, 
for me, it's been uh, a really fascinating contrast in, in terms of uh, comparing th- these two revolutions, you know, and how we use technology in our daily lives, because there really wasn't anything comparable to the web, you know, when, when the web uh, launched in, in terms of the universal access. Uh, so it, it, you know, to our earlier discussion, I mean, will people uh, buy things through a digital medium? Uh, I mean, there, there had been smaller scale things like, like AOL, you know, which Jupiter tracked uh, uh, very closely, and, and Minitel, you know, in, in France. Uh, you know, and, and there had been, you know, these, uh, early mobile services, uh, through, through mobile browsers, not, not what we think of today as a mobile browser, but, you know, these, these four line text-based, uh, mobile browsers. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, it, it, it was, it was really the dawn of consumer digital interactivity on, on, on a grand scale. But what it lacked was ubiquity because you, you had to be in front of this big screen and a keyboard and, and a mouse, you know, in order to interact with it. Uh, and now, you know, increasingly, uh, we, we all have devices, uh, many of which probably have more power than <laughs> the computers that uh, we sat in front of uh, at the dawn of the web. Uh, and, oh, ten and times more power. Pockets. Yeah, 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 uh, and and uh, you know, um, and 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 access to to you know reliable, fast wireless networks. Um, so that that is uh, enabling you know whole new classes uh, of applications that you know would would never have been possible uh, on on desktop you know computers. And uh, I, I think the you know the current uh, frenzy uh, around Pokemon Go uh, is is a great example of that. You know, this is not. I mean, this is this is a mobile first game. You know, this is a game that does not exist without mobile, and and t- at least today probably could not exist without apps. You know, and and access to the kinds of sensors and hardware uh, that are commonplace in in phones today. Yeah, it's quite a, it's quite a phenomenon. I'd love for you to share from your experience at Appani or even in some of the other places you've been. In terms of research, are there any learnings that might be of value to our listeners, and and whether they're marketing people or PR people that they can put into practice? Well, earlier, Ethan, you you mentioned this idea of of real time tracking, and. Uh, you know, at App Annie, we uh, we publish uh, download uh, and, and revenue figures uh, daily. Um, uh, and by the way, you know, if anyone listening would like to uh, register for an App Annie account and track uh, the rankings of, of various apps on iOS and Android. Uh, that is uh, a free service that App Annie provides. So uh, you can just go to AppAnnie.com and, and register for an account, and uh, you can, you know, see how how uh, ranks are are changing uh, on on a daily basis uh, in in terms of uh, the, the leading apps on on iOS uh, and and Android. Um, but uh, 
the the idea of, of this real time data, you know, when when you describe uh, this potential, I tend to think of you know what what's often um, described as as a dashboard, you know, or perhaps taken to its uh, what, what what's probably the most extreme example today, uh, something like a, a Bloomberg terminal, uh, which um, you know would would be on on a trader's desk, right, with with two, not just two, you know, maybe three or more screens of, uh, uh, you know, of, of dizzying charts and numbers and, and colors flashing. Um, Ross, we got about uh, you know, just be, a little bit over 30 seconds left, so you should just okay. complete your thought there. Well, the, the, the value of it is that, that you can react in real time. You know, you, you can take, make changes midway. Yeah, and that's... That's very consistent with what I've learned uh, real time, and I like your use of the word dashboard. Anybody who knows me knows that I'm obsessed with that. Ross, if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way to reach you? Uh, well, I'm I'm pretty active on Twitter, uh, so you know, please feel free to follow me or or DM me on on Twitter. It's uh, at Ross Rubin, uh, R O S S R U B I N. If you'd like to. Uh, follow App Annie. Um, you can follow the company at App Annie, A P P A N N I E. Uh, and if you'd like to uh, keep up with Backerjack, uh, you can follow Backerjack at at Backerjack, <laughs> B A C K E R J A C K. Excellent. Thank you, Ross. It's been a pleasure having you, and thank you all for listening. Have a good evening. so much for listening this week to Marketing at Lightspeed. Please join Ethan Raziel next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help you improve your marketing one show at a time.